When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged. Uh, before we jump in, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Um, it is a one-stop shop for basketball coaches. Um, what I love about our site is we don't drip stuff out. We, if we have it, we put it on our site. You know, we <laughs> trust me. There are thousands of things on there right now. Uh, basketball clinics. I think, God, I can't even. I can't even count how many on-court basketball clinics we have. I'm so sick of Zoom calls right now. Um, but we have resources. We have practice plans. We have everything. We're, we're not going to drip stuff out to you. You know, if, if we have it, it's going in. We're not going to upsell you. Um, we're not going to say, hey, here's our membership. And then, oh, wait, over here, we're going to run this course that you can also buy. No, we're going to put it in the membership because we think that's the right thing to do. Um, so go over and check it out, teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. And again, I've, I've experienced everything, you know, um, like I said, there's a lot of great resources out there. Um, but a lot of them are run by college coaches. A lot of them are not run by, by people that have experienced, you know, 32 years in the high school game and, and have experienced the ups and downs and kind of know what it is. So, um, it's a great way to support this podcast too. So go over and check out teachhoops.com. Also go over and support the great people at Dr. Dish. I don't, do not think you'll be disappointed. Um, it is, it will, (laughs) I can't guarantee it's going to make you win more games, but I can I can tell you your your kids are going to be better shooters. Um, they're going to be able to put the ball in the hole if they get on that machine and they get those repetitions. It's like anything in life; if you practice it, you become better. So go over and check that out, and let's head off to the podcast. That's twenty keys to winning more basketball games. All right, thank you for that introduction. Uh, that's uh, very nice of you to say that. Um, I, I'm very I feel very privileged to be here talking to all of you tonight. Um, what I'm going to do is talk about winning, winning championships or winning state championships. Uh, the Memorial Way is kind of the way I, I named my talk. Um, what I'm going to do is talk about myself a little bit because I think uh, to get where I've been, you have to know a little bit about my background. Uh, I played, uh, I grew up on the east side of Madison. I played 
four years of high school basketball for for John Boyle at Madison East. Um, went there, went from there to, to play college basketball at Lawrence University for, for four years, and then uh, got my first teaching job in Wausau, Wisconsin, which is northern Wisconsin. Um, was there for seven years. Learned some great coaches that I'll talk about a little bit later. Um, and then was going to get married, decided we wanted to move, and uh, came down to Madison, got a head job here, and um, from there um, got the head job. Um, you know, two. Two years, I, I, the two years at Memorial, um, you know, I never really actually thought I'd be the head coach, but you know, I was always hoped that it would come about. You know, I was the only applicant for this job um, when it started, and um, you know, we had a long way to go. We weren't a very good basketball team when I when I took over this program. Uh, <clears throat> my first season, we were seven fourteen, um, and we weren't very good. You know, we <laughs> we lost ten games in a row, and I, I remember sitting in that in that regional final locker room with one of my assistant coaches talking and saying, you know, can we can we win a basketball game? Um, you know, I, I can't do this for the next twenty five thirty years. I, I'm gonna have to do something else, and. I remember over the next six to eight months, we came up with what we, you know, basically our mission statements, what we thought were 20 keys to us being successful. Our first goal wasn't to win a state championship, but, you know, our first, our first goal was to, to be competitive and win, win a few games and win our, beat our rival and then eventually maybe win a conference championship and, and go from there. But um, I think these are the keys. It doesn't matter if you're a youth coach, it doesn't matter if you're a high school coach. I think these are the keys to, to winning, getting any program to be successful. Um, and that's what I'm going to, you know, over 20 years of coaching, these are the things that I've kind of found to be core values that I think are extremely important um, for anybody to have. All right, the first thing that I'm going to talk about, and, and I, think, I think this is extremely important. When I, when I got the job here, uh, you know, 11 years ago, I had to, I had to hire a, a couple coaches. And, and it's really important when you're hiring coaches to find people you trust and, trust pe and people that are loyal. Um, you know, Corey Moore who has been with me for 11 years. You know, I've been, I've been blessed that for, for the last you know, 11 years, I've basically kept my core coaching staff together. And I think that's good. Um, I think it's good for a couple reasons. I think it's good because we kind of know we, who, how we think. Um, you know, we know that, you know, how I'm going to behave, how my sophomore coach is going to behave, you know, what's our strengths, what's our weaknesses. And I think that's really important to have a successful program. I think one of the reasons that we've, you know, got two silver balls and, and two gold, uh, three silver balls and two gold balls in the showcase is because we've had continuity. You know, we've had the same people here um, with the same vision, which is what I'm talking about here. You know, our vision has always been to win basketball games. Um, it's not always been easy for us, um, but, you know, I, I, it's been important. Um, another important thing, and over time I've tried to do this more and more, is get coaches in the building. I think it's really important to get coaches in the building. Um, if you're going to be successful, it's, be it's best to have people in the building. I personally would not take a head coaching job unless I was in the building. And the reason I feel so strongly about that is because it's the relationships that you build. It's relationships you build with administrators, the teachers, the kids, the community, everything. It's hard to do it if you're working a job eight to four outside the building. You can't go grab a specific kid third hour and talk to them about something that's going on in their life. Um, or maybe they're having a hard time with this teacher. Or having a hard time at home or they just broke up with their girlfriend or whatever it is, you got to be able to communicate. And uh, I think it's really important for any of you that are going to be high school coaches, I think it's really important to try to be in the building and have as many coaches as you can. And that's gotten harder and harder. You know, coaching is a tough profession. You know, there's not a lot of, uh, a lot of people clamoring to be high school coaches. So, you know, it's a difficult thing to do. But 
Um, I think you really got to be in the building. Um, I think that's extremely important. School. Um, you know, when I was in Wausau, I remember sitting in my living room thinking, okay, where could I go to be successful? Because my goal was always to be a, a, a head high school coach. You know, I was an assistant. I knew I had to pay my dues. And I, got, I didn't get the first job I applied for. Um, but I, I sat with the WI handbook, and I went through basically the 400 schools that are in Wisconsin and, and put little stars by the ones that I thought could win or would win or that I could possibly get a job at, um, not necessarily in that order. And the funny thing is Memorial was on that list. I still have that, that, that uh, handbook that I kind of marked up. And I always thought Memorial was a sleeping giant. I always thought that, gosh, if you get there and you get some kids, you can win some basketball games. So I think you got to go in with an open mind. You got to have other people look in. You know, um, I think when you pick a school, you got to look at the atmosphere. You know, obviously there's quote-unquote football schools, there's wrestling schools, there's basketball schools. You know, Memorial was not a basketball school when I took over the job. Memorial was a swimming and hockey school. Um, and I'm proud to say that I think we've kind of shifted that a little bit and people think about Memorial basketball now when they think of Madison Memorial. So you can always change the atmosphere. It's a difficult thing to do. You've got to win some basketball games to do that. Um, but I think you've got to look, can I overcome that obstacle? Can I overcome the atmosphere that's there. You know, this has been a wrestling school for 50 years. Can I overcome that? And if you if you think you can, and that that might be a job you want to pursue, um, and that that goes under the can you win? You know, can you get the players? Um, can you get the guys, the community, the administration, everyone to buy into the stuff that we're going to talk about that that it takes to have a championship team? Um, and it comes down more than just having players. It, players are very important, but it comes down more to that and community. You know, it's you know we're we're in our uh, in our urban setting, 250, 300,000 people. Um, you know, I, I understand how that works. It's it's a little different in the small towns, but you know, can you win in that community? You know, basketball tends to be an urban game, um, but you know, I could I have won if I had stayed in Wausau? You know, Jason Teske's been there for for gosh 10 years and he's won his share and gone to the state semifinals and, and he's done a wonderful job but you know is that where I wanted to go or what, what, where, what was I looking for something else so I think you got to ask yourself and you got to be honest and maybe you got to ask people that aren't so directly connected to the game to look at those things um, last thing is players okay you got to have players okay you, you, uh, you know I forgot where I read it but you can't have a donkey run the Kentucky Derby Okay, it ain't gonna work. You know, you're not gonna take a jalopy and go do the Indy 500. You're not gonna win. Okay, so you gotta have players. You do have to have players. So how do you get players? Well, youth development is important. You know, um, luckily when I took over this job, the youth program was kind of set by my predecessor, Bruce Dahman. Um, it was set to the Tri-County. The young kids are playing. Um, you know, they have a basketball in their hands. You know, we had to compete against a hockey stick in their hands or they're swimming year-round. Um, so you got to develop that tradition that, hey, you're in third grade, you should be playing basketball. Um, so I think that's an important thing. You know, we, you, we can't go out and get our players. You know, we're not college coaches. I need a four, I'm going to go recruit a four. So you got to try to find people and develop the youth. Um, you got to have a plan. Um, how are you going to develop it? How are you going to get youth coaches? Who's going to run it? How, does, how is it going to get financed? How are they going to be involved in the high school program? Um, all that stuff has got to be important, and you got to put some thought into it. You know, we have we have one that kind of runs itself now, which is nice. I don't have to deal a lot with it, um, but you know, it took a lot of time and a lot of man hours, like I said, for my predecessor to get that going and get it moving. You know, I think we're up to 12 teams of that youth, that youth program. Um, 
you know, there's different places too. You know, we have the Boys and Girls Club. We have kids that don't play in our youth program that eventually play for me. You know, they play Boys and Girls Club. They play AAU. They play a different basketball. So it all depends. You just got to be open-minded. You got to know there's people in the community that are looking out for kids and looking for opportunities for them to participate. Um, you got to find... When I'm looking for players, I'm looking for hard workers, and I'm looking for basketball players. Now, what do I mean by that? I'm looking for kids that want to work hard. Okay? It's no different than I'm a math teacher by profession. It's no different than looking for a good pre-calculus student. What am I looking for? I'm looking for a kid that's coming in for help, a kid that's going to do their homework, a kid that's going to spend the time, they're going to ask questions, blah, blah, blah. You're going to have to do the exact same thing with a basketball player. Okay? Coaching is teaching, and you've know, you got to look for people that want to get better. If they do, they will. You know, Derek Nikemji, um, two years ago, he's playing at Edgewood College now, was a kid that was a hard worker. Didn't play his junior year, um, was a role guy, didn't like it, came to talk to me, didn't want to sit on the bench going into his senior year, worked extremely hard, um, became a very good basketball player, already was, became even a better basketball player, and was a huge part of us getting to the state finals. Um, now, he's, now he's having a successful college career, and I just saw his uh, college coach the other, the other day, and he just says he's doing a wonderful job, and he's a wonderful kid. So those are the kind of kids you're looking for. You want basketball players. You know, I, I look for kids that are competitors, and I look for basketball players. Now, what do I mean by competitors? And I, and I have one of these at home, a seven-year-old, that hopefully he's going to be a basketball player someday, but he's a competitor. He'll play checkers. He'll play Monopoly. He'll play whatever he's going to do, and he doesn't want to lose. Okay? That's the kind of kid I want. Um, you know, obviously I want guys that basketball is a very high priority and it's something that they love and they want to do, but, um, I, you know, if they're playing football, that's great. They're competing. You know, if they're, if, if they're playing basketball year-round, great. They're competing. I just want them to be competitive. I want them to want to win. And part of the reason that we've won some of our state titles is because we've had competitive kids um, that want to win basketball games. So, you know, I think you've got to think to yourself what's important. What kind of kid am I looking for? What kind of kid can I get and, uh, and go from there? So three things, you know, looking, and this is not necessarily the most important. I'm not, the, the numbers don't necessarily mean anything here, but I think the, if you're building a foundation, you've got to find the right people, the right school, and the right players. If you're going to build from the bottom up like we had to do and when we weren't very successful, I think you've got to have these three things. If you have any one of those three missing, it's going to be difficult to turn a program that hasn't won like Memorial, um, around to a winner. And we've been blessed. We've had all three of these. We've had a great, I got a great school, a great administration that's supportive. I got great coaches and I got great players. If you get those three, it's going to make a pretty good mixture. So um, you got to ask yourself if they've got all those. And if they do, I think, it, you know, any program can be turned around and be, and be successful, no matter where it's, it's been. All right, next thing I want to talk about is well-defined roles. This is, a, this is extremely important. Um, we spend a lot of time on roles. Um, I don't think sometimes adults are always honest with kids. I'm, I'm brutally honest sometimes to the point where, you know, I think when they get a little bit older, they, they respect that. Um, everybody in the program needs to know where they stand. Doesn't matter if it's the freshman coach, doesn't matter if it's the varsity assistant, doesn't matter if it's the 14th guy on the bench or the first guy, they need to know where they fit. Hey, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the podcast as much as I am. Please go over and check our website, teachhoops.com, for coaches who want to get better. 14-day uh, free trial. It's got, it's got office hours. It's got one-on-one -on -one calls. It's got handouts. It's got practice plans. It's got how to do just it's – it's got a roadmap for you. That's what you need, a roadmap. Um, so go over and check that out. 
again, it helps us keep the lights on. It helps us keep this, 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 uh, train a chugging um subscribe and like we would love that um if you love these podcasts especially on apple and spotify if you leave us a five-star review we would really appreciate that all right let's head back to the podcast um not everybody can be the star not everybody can score 35 points a game not everybody um you know can be in the headlines of the sports page it's not going to happen okay and you know i think you have to be honest with them when, when you're talking to them about, okay, you're, this is what your role is, this is what you expect. And what, the way we do it in our program is we kind of sit back. You know, I got an idea of who my starters might be. This year, actually, I, you know, it's probably pretty wide open, but you kind of got an idea. You know, Vander started for two years, he's probably going to start for me again. But I don't know where everybody's going to fit. So I always kind of sit back for about a month, let things work out the way they can, see them in practice, see them in a scrimmage, see them in a couple games. And then what we do is we sit down with each kid and tell them, here's your role. You, you know, your role is, you know, you're going to be a shooter, you're going to be a defender, you're our, I see you as our eighth man, this is what, these are, the role, these are the things that I expect you to do in practice, these are the things I expect you to do in a game, you better rebound, you better do this, that, and the other thing. And I hand it to them, and, I, and everybody sees everybody's role, okay, it's a big, big packet, you know, John knows uh, Sam's role, Sam knows John's role. Okay, they're handed to it, they're talked to it. I say, take it home, talk to your parents about it. You know, we can discuss this further, but this is where I see you now. Can these roles change? Absolutely. And I try to do that. Christmas breaks or winter breaks always a good time to do that. Um, but you got to look for unselfish players. Okay, you know, it goes back to good people and good players. When you're, when you're looking for people, you need to, you know, our stars, you know, I've been lucky to have four Mr. Basketballs. Every one of them has been an unselfish player. You know, so if you can make your star an unselfish player and make them better, I think that's going to make your team better. You know, I, I think of a story with, with my uh, last year we lost in the state finals in, in, in uh, 2008, and um, Jerron Maiman had a, an extraordinary state final game. He had four, 35, 40 points and basically took, took, him, took, took the team on his back. Basically, we ended up losing promise the state of Wisconsin. But you like that he's confident. But anyway, we sat down and talked, and I told Jaron, I said, Jaron, if we're going to do this, here's what's got to happen. Okay, people are going to kill you. People are going to do these things. I, how can we get other guys involved? How can we get involved or Trey involved or some of these younger guys or the freshmen involved? Or anything like that, how can I involved? And he was willing to take a backseat. So it came around where we needed somebody to hit a shot or something it. Um, and it's, he got double teamed the only whole year. I think he was single team was the state council, and I think he had 25, something like that. So you got to look for guys willing to buy in. We've won state championships because of our role, guys. Um, you know, I can honestly say that. A title in 2005 in a state championship game in the early in the third quarter, we fall out of the game. And, uh, you know, I left him in different things with moving people around. And uh, my six and San Gerard Ajami and Tyler will step in, and they had the games of their lives in the state finals. Um, same thing this year, you know, we had an injury, we had to uh, remove someone from the team this year, and uh, two of my starters were basically gone from my roster come tournament time. What does that mean? It means all of a sudden six, seven, eight, or one of them, a couple of them are staying. Um, you know, that's the reason we won state championships, and, and it's a difficult thing as a coach. I know, um, you know, I've, I'm guilty of this sometimes, only playing five, six, seven guys, feeling really comfortable with those guys. you got to try to find the role guys some minutes. you got to try to find them. Uh, they feel welcome, that they're going to feel successful, they're going to feel like they can, they can do what you need them to do. Because you know what, you're an ankle injury, an injury, uh, you know, a school-related issue, whatever it is, from losing a guy. So if, you, if you've developed those role players, 
you never know. Your role player might help you win a state championship. And from someone that's won a couple, I can tell you that, that my role guys have stepped in. Um, I, it, I forced myself, to be honest with you, I forced myself during the season to develop that bottom half. Hard, you know, I, get, I want to play these seven guys and develop them. But, you know, I really work, you know, the style we play up and down the court, I really work on seven through 11 and trying to get them wherever I can. Um, and it's easier, obviously, if you're winning some games by big margins. But I always try to get them, get them involved, get them, in, um, get them uh, scoring and shooting and playing some quality minutes. So de define roles. I think as a coach, just like a teacher, you know, you got to tell the kids what your expectations are. You know, here's your role in my class. Here's what I expect from you. You are an A student. You better get an A. You know, why aren't you working harder? So I think you have to. To, to talk to the kids and tell them what you expect from them. And if you do, 99.9% .9 of the time, the kids understand their role and they know where they fit. You know, that one-tenth of a percent, uh, they might not, okay? Next thing I'm going to talk about, and this one I think I've gotten, uh, I've gotten better with age, um, is getting out of their way, okay? Um, you know, I think you can overcoach, to be honest with you. Um, you know, once March comes around, you should have everything you need in. You should have all the plays in. You should have talked to your kids. Everything should be okay. Don't overcoach your kids. Um, you know, we all want to get the clipboard out and boom, 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 and show everybody that perfect play that we can diagram in the last 30 seconds to win the state title. Well, I can tell you something. I've had to draw those out, and they have, neither one of them have worked. I think I draw pretty good plays. Okay, you got to get out of their way. You know, I've changed my philosophy at the end of a game. I'm not calling a timeout. I'm letting them come down and I'm letting them score. Um, so don't overthink a game. It's a, it's a simple game. Okay, it's a game about putting the ball in the hole. That's all it is. Okay, it's a one man, one on one game, two on two game, three on three game. It's not a difficult game. We as coaches know a lot. Okay, we got to convey what we know to our kids, um, but don't boggle their mind with all the stuff they don't need. Okay, you know, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. You, we can overcoach them. You know, we, we try to narrow the things down. Um, you know, come tournament time, you know, I can tell you this year, we, I was diagram, I was putting in new defenses, new offenses, new, and all of a sudden I looked over at my guys at the beginning of February this year, um, and they looked like deer in headlights. They, I was throwing too much stuff at them. And the best thing I did this year was I took a step back and I said, here you go, guys, here's the ball, go play like I taught you how to play. And they, you know, they want a state title. So I think that's what you got to do. You got to let players play. If you start changing things, if you start doing things that you haven't been doing, they'll panic. Okay? You'll, they'll panic. They'll not feel good about themselves. And you'll, you will have issues. So I think what, as a coach, you got to get out of their way. You got to let them play the game. If you've done your job, they will perform. Okay? If, if you've done all the stuff that you need to do basically all year long, they will be fine come tournament time. If you've prepared them for the final exam, they will be fine um, come the tournament time. So you got to get out of their way. You got to just let them perform. And, and when you do that, good things happen. All right, next thing, let me look here. Um, what do you look for in a player? Okay, so what we've talked about so far, you know, we talked about finding the right people, finding the right location, finding the right school. Extremely important. Finding the proper roles for those players. Okay? Getting out of their way and letting them play. But what kind of players do you want to look for? Okay? What do you want to look for in a player? I look for a player that can score and can handle the ball. Okay? I, you know, maybe it's me, but I feel like I can teach them the rest of the game. 
You know, I can teach them the proper way to get in a defensive stance. I can teach them how to trap in the half court. I can't teach them how to score in four months. I can't teach them how to handle the ball. Um, obviously, I put shoot free throws, limited turnovers, handle pressure, but they got to be able they got to be able to put the ball in the hole, okay? And they got to be able to handle it. If they can do those two things, I can teach them not to turn the ball over. I can teach them the proper way to box out. I can teach them some of those things in four or five months, but I can't teach them how to shoot a basketball in three or four months. I can't do it. All right, so that you know, I, we spend a lot of time, and I think especially for you youth coaches, handling the ball is extremely important. Anybody that you know, I have a seven-year-old at home, and we don't do a lot of shooting. We do a lot of ball handling, and the reason I think it is is because the person that handles the ball dictates the game. If you can handle the ball, you will dictate the game. So, um, scoring and handling the ball, I think, is in, extremely important. I know coaches, we all have our pet peeves. We all have things that we think are extremely important to us. You know, there's, I basically have three pet peeves that I communicate with my players. First one is turnovers, okay? We don't like turnovers, okay? Turnovers are bad. Um, and the reason that they're bad is every time you turn the ball over, it's three points you can score and three points the opponent can score. So we emphasize every day, and we keep it simple. You know, we have three things that we emphasize every day in practice that we talk about, we beat up. You know, I could, I could call, you know, uh, Wesley Matthews or Michael Nelson, you know, they've been out of school for four or five years, ask them what my pet peeves were, and they probably could tell you what the pet peeves were. So the first one is turning the ball over. They can't do that. You gotta look for players that can take care of the ball. Second thing is they gotta be able to close out. Okay, it's a simple thing. I don't care if it's a two-handed closeout, I don't care if it's a one-handed closeout, I don't care what it is. We're not gonna let people have open shots. Okay? Um, it's the math teacher in me, but I know that the percentage of the percentage shooter goes down as they get a hand up. As they contest, that percentage drops 10 to 15%. So we work on closing out. No one takes an open shot in our gym. And the third thing we talk about is no easy baskets. Now that's a difficult thing for us in our style. And the reason it's difficult is we pressure. We trap. We, we come at you. It, we, it's control chaos, to be honest with you. And we're going to pick you up in the full court, and we're going to trap you, and we're going to make you make plays. It's difficult not to give up layups. It's a difficult thing to do. You know, my guys have a hard time with it, but we don't want to give up easy baskets. We want to get easy baskets by, by turning them over, um, but we don't want to get easy baskets. Now, that might not be the style you play, but you can't, be, you can't give up layups and expect to win the game. So, you know, does that, where does that fit into players? Well, obviously, they've got to be able to score and handle the ball. I got to find players that are willing not to turn the ball over, close out, and have no easy shots. So these two are the most important, and then our points of emphasis throughout the season. You know, I, my guy, I, I'm not going to throw 35 things at him. I can't remember everything we do. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm just going to whatever you emphasize and practice every day, whatever you're talking to your kids about, that's what they're going to remember. Um, so you got to sit down and think, okay, what do I want my kids to be good at? Do I want them to be good defend? Do I want to play pack defense, Dick Bennett defense? How do I want to teach that? Do I, is that one of the things? Because you can't have a list of 55 things that you want to emphasize. Um, if you, you don't have time. You're a high school coach. You get them from November to March, and boom, they're gone. So we, we, we got to find players that can score and handle the ball, and we'll teach them not to turn the ball over. We'll teach them how to close out. We'll teach them how to get back on defense and not have easy baskets. So we can do that kind of stuff. So... I think as a high school coach, or if you want to win championships, you got to find these players. You got to develop them. You can you can get a score, okay? Scores you can find scores. 
Get a shooting machine. Get them in the gym. Get the 10,000 shot club. Do whatever you got. I always tell our, our youth players, shooting is like lifting weights. Okay? If you sit and lift weights, what's going to happen? You're going to get stronger. Okay? If you sit home and do math problems all day, what are you going to do? You're going to get better at math. If you shoot the basketball, you will become a better shooter. That's a way for, that is a skill that you can get better at. If you take a thousand hours worth of shots, you will be a good shooter. Now, will you be able to get open? Maybe not. You might not be quick enough to get open, but you can learn to shoot the basketball. So we emphasize that. I, I, you know, if you're going to find a player and there's one skill, make sure they can shoot. You know, I maybe can diagram up something for them to be able to get open, but we want to make sure we can do that. So you got to look for specific players. You maybe are looking for a different type of player. Maybe you're looking for somebody that just plays defense or whatever. It's going to depend on you, but you got to figure out what your style is and, and how they can kind of fit into that. Uh, hey, I hope you're enjoying this. Uh, there are a lot of keys or a lot of components that go into winning basketball games. TeachHoops.com can help you also turn your youth team, your AAU team, your summer team, your high school team, your college team into a winning program too. I promise you we can help. Um, go over and check it out. 14-day free trial. Um, yeah, so let's get back to the podcast. Um, next thing is understand that success is not immediate. Okay? This is a difficult thing. This is me sitting in that locker room after the regional final going, I can't do this. I can't win. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. It takes time. It took Memorial 40 years, to, let alone get to the state title, to win one. Okay, and then we've been to the state tournament six straight years. Okay, we're one of five schools in the state of Wisconsin to ever do that. So it doesn't come right away. Um, you know, it was baby steps for us. You know, we were seven and 14, then we were 12 and 10, then we were 13 and 9. The culture slowly started to change. We were 15 and 6. We were 19 and 4. We lost in the sectional fun. I mean, we slowly got there. So, you know, it might be a 20-year plan for you, depending on what school you're at. It, it all depends on your situation, but you've got to be patient, okay? Um, and it might take 10 years to build the youth program up. You know, I was lucky that I had, I had a good group of players coming through. I, you know, I, I knew that there was going to be this one core group that was going to come through and help change our culture. You know, the Wesley Matthews and the Michael Nelson group, I knew that group when they were this tall, and I knew that group was going to come through and be special, and it basically changed the culture in our school. So maybe you got to cultivate one specific youth group or something like that that you know is going to come along. But you got to understand it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take a while. Um, it's, a, it's a group mentality. You know, it's, it's that thing that it, it's going to take time, um, and it, it may never happen, but, you know, you got to maybe find that specific core group. And that's what, that's what we were able to find. We were able to find one core group that we knew um, was going to be able to win us some games and, and get us over the hump and get us past the sectional final to the, to the state tournament and eventually to, to win one. Um, next thing is picking your style. <clears throat> okay? you got to pick a style you can sell and then one that, one that fits you. Okay? you got to pick a style that you believe in and that you have players with, um, and that, can, that, you can, that you believe in. Um, so pick a style that, that's, that's good for you, okay? My first year in Madison, we were seven, like I told you before, we were seven and 14. We were slow, we couldn't shoot, we couldn't defend, we couldn't get back, we couldn't, we couldn't do basically anything. Great, get a, great group of kids, one's a dentist, I mean, they're, all great, they're great kids, but we weren't very good. What style did I play? I slowed the ball up, 
I played a 2-3 zone, and we came down and made 15 passes every time down the court. That's what we had to do to win. Okay, So I had to pick a style that would allow us to get to that point. Um, what do we do now? Well, now I got guys that can shoot. I got guys that can trap. I got guys that can get up and down the court. They can rebound. We're playing a different style. Okay, um, you know, there's more than one way of winning a state title. Okay, you know, I, I play a very up style team. There's there's a couple teams in our state like Oshkosh West, Vin, uh, Milwaukee Vincent of, of old, who comes down and they and Appleton East and they respect the possession and they're going to come down and make 15 passes and they're going to get an open shot and then they're going to come down and play the pack line. There's more than one way of skinning a cat. All right, so um, you got to find what fits your program and your community well, um, and it's going to have to adjust. Um, you have to adjust the system with different groups. I think as a high school coach, it's extremely important to adjust your community or your kids. Um, you know, I like playing the up style. I like trapping. I like coming at people. You know, we can separate. You know, I can play more kids. I like that. Um, but if I didn't have those players and I was, you know, in northwest Wisconsin and I had to come down and have a 30-possession game rather than a 90-possession game, I would do that if that would allow us to win. Hey, everybody. Hope you enjoyed that. If you want to hear more of these, <laughs> go over and uh, join teachhoops.com. A uh, 14-day free trial allows us, allows us to do this. And then subscribe, like, jump up and down, do whatever you got to do. Um, tell, us how, tell us what you want to hear in the future, steve at teachhoops.com. All right, have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply